morning, church. We are glad that you are here. We are glad that you call Heights home. Hopefully, if you don't yet, we are very interested in helping you make that transition because uh, we believe that everybody needs a home. And being a part of Heights and being called family means you're part of the tribe, okay? The tribe that is Heights. And here's, here's where it gets interesting because the series we're in um, for, if you weren't here last week, quick catch up. Basically, what we're diving into is what do we, the tribe, the family, the church, whatever language works for you, what do we want to be known as? What do, what do we, so, so DNA intrinsic to us that if you say this is home, then these are the type of people you're going to find. These, so, so no matter if they find you, find me, find someone on this side, like, like wherever you happen to show up, what people are going to find with you are these four characteristics are vital to who you are. And those characteristics, if you were here last week, we began with humble. We began with the idea that, man, all of it begins in humility. You don't come to Jesus without humility. You don't even begin this journey as a believer without humbly coming in and emptying ourselves um, and, and receiving the free gift. But then on top of that, it's a continual sitting in a posture of humility, just like Jesus had, where, where we're now the servant to all. That, that if someone sees any one of us from this tribe, we should be seen as those who are just servants. We're the servants of the Most High. doesn't matter where you find us. doesn't matter what job. doesn't matter what location. doesn't matter where on the planet. We are just servants of the Most High. We, we walk through this humbly going, how can we serve? What can we do? Uh, this week we're going to dive into thirsty. We'll talk more about that in a minute. Um, next week is peace-seeking, and the last week is life-giving. But, but you'll notice that they all kind of, as we walk through the weeks, they all kind of build on each other. And, and again, this is, this is who are we? Who are we? When you say that, man, I am part of this family, this is our family traits. We're humble. We're thirsty. We are peace-seeking. We are life-giving. That, that wherever you find us, these things are just going to flow out of who we are. This week, we dive into thirsty. Um, one of the things we've been doing is, is we've been trying to connect for us as a tribe, going, okay, if this is who we are and, and Arizona is our home, then what are some of the trees around Arizona that, that you can visually see and that trigger a reminder to you, oh yeah, we are people of humility. So last week we used the willow. If, I don't know if you've ever seen a willow or, or what that's like, but just, just the shape of the willow um, already screams humility. The, the, the size of it, and yet it's such a humble-looking um, tree just from the outset, but then it's root system. The idea that the roots on a willow, um, they stop erosion, uh, flip that to humility. We go, anytime we are found to be humble instead of proud, it will build up. And we want to be a, com- a community of people that anywhere we are found, we are building others up. We, we are extending their grounds, not ours. That, that we are loving like Jesus would, which is turning away from ourselves and the focus is on them. Um, this week we get into the cactus, right? And, and for me, it's like, like okay, I, that's how my brain works anyways. I'm driving to Phoenix yesterday and there's cactus everywhere, right? And, and now I got this stat in my head that it takes 75 to 100 years for it to grow its first arm. And I'm going, oh, that one's over 100. That one's over 100. Oh, that one's not yet. That one's over 100. Like, like literally all the way down there. And then I'm fascinated because I can't ever remember looking for little 
cacti. You know what I mean? Like, and, and all of a sudden, like, I'm noticing little, little sprouts, and I'm going, oh, man, I wonder how old they are because it takes 10 years. You know, I got all these stats in my head now, right, about the cactus. But, but what's fascinating with the cactus is when they grow those arms, you don't know if they're going to grow one or none. They, they don't know why cactus grow their arms. That's probably one of my favorite things because they can't figure it out. It just does. They might grow five. They might grow one. They might grow none. They, it's just that is what they do. So anyways, all that to say, when you see a cactus, the goal is that you go thirsty. That you go, that's what we're supposed to be. Now, now I don't know about you, but, but needs in your life, like because if we, if we just go purely into thirsty and we go into water, right? They, they claim that you can three days is your max without water. Now, now, some people have been known to extend that, but, but for, for the average of humanity, three days without water, and we're going to put you in a casket, okay? Um, three weeks without food, but you're pretty messed up at the end of that. We have these needs that God built into us, these physical needs that we are cu- acutely aware of. I don't know about you, but I was, I was built for an island with lots of water, lots of rain, right? I was built to, to, to soak in rain, and God put me in a desert. Right? And so my skin shrivels up. I know thirst. Like, like, I'm not even just talking like the thirst of drinking water. I'm talking the thirst of my skin. I'm acutely aware that if I don't do certain things in this environment, um, I'm acutely aware of my needs that, that I'll, I'll be hurting because of it. We live in Arizona. It doesn't take you long to go, man, if I get put in a desert with no water, I understand that picture of thirst. And my daughter, Bailey, I, we have a picture of her, Bailey Ray, my, my third. She is as cute as that picture, by the way. She is, she is one of the smartest kids. Um, too smart for her own good sometimes, you know what I'm saying? Um, and her mouth is not filtered sometimes, which um, will get me in trouble later in life. Um, but, but the thing about Bailey is this. She is so acutely aware of her physical needs. Like, like... Just two nights ago, we put her in bed, we do the whole good night thing, and you know, if you're a parent, like by the time you get done with the good night thing, you are done. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, just go to sleep. Um, I'm done. My day is over. I have an hour left for me. Shut up. Um, you know what I mean? Like, um, but when you get your kid in bed, and those of you that don't have kids, you're like, what is wrong with him? You just wait. Just wait. Your turn's coming. Um, but here's the thing, right? We get her in bed. She's all tucked in. Five minutes later, she comes downstairs. She's got some knee going on. 20 minutes later, she comes downstairs. She goes, my lips hurt. They're dry. I'm like, you know what? You go to sleep, they won't hurt no more. That's good parenting right there. You can take that one. Um, but, but here's the thing, right? Like, she is so acutely aware. We're in the happiest place on earth. Disneyland, right? That's what they say. That's what they, that's what they say. That's about sums it up, right? But we're at Disneyland, and, and we're going through, and she, she, like, I paid for smiles, not frowns. You know what I'm saying? Like, I paid for her to be having a good time. And there's this one point where we're going through the park, and she's like this. And I'm like, Bailey, what's up? What's going on? And she goes, shoulders drop. I'm so thirsty. I need water. Which I'm like, you'll be all right, because I know you had water like a couple hours ago. You can go three days without it. You'll be fine. Um, but, <laughs> no, but her, her cheeks are flushed, and she's dragging. And, and so we get her water and give it to her, and she goes, not that water. I need cold water. Oh, my man, you are a child of the first world, let me tell you. Um, but here's the thing. 
She's so acutely aware. This, this doesn't just happen once at Disneyland. Like, she came down the stairs this morning, and you can't make this stuff up. Like, she, her second phrase out of her mouth, I'm thirsty. She is so acutely aware of her needs that it reminds me of a verse found in Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. If you have a Bible, turn there. If you don't, use your phone, tablet, whatever, whatever works, or courtesy of the screen. Um, but in Matthew chapter 5, very, very specific context. Jesus has been on the planet 30 years. He's starting his ministry. Like, like this is his first visibly recorded sermon that we have um, that he gave. And, and so he now gives, gives the sermons written down. He begins out with statements declaring who God is, declaring who we are, declaring promises um, from God's perspective. And so in verse 6, he says this, blessed are those... Blessed are those, blessed are those. Okay, okay, like, well, like everybody's trying to be happy nowadays, like seven steps to happiness and seven steps to find your true inner joy. And let me tell you, that word blessed, you can translate it happy. Happy is, you could translate it. You could, you could better translate it this way, that God is on the side of, Jesus showed up to declare God is on the side of these people. So, so now you get to summarize like, okay, Happy from God's perspective, God is on the side of it. Like, so if you're here and you're going, man, how, how, do, how, do, how do I know God's for me? Well, well this verse kind of says who God is on the side of, who he's for. And, and so he says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst. Hunger and thirst. Translation of those words can go down to blessed are those, happy are those. God is on the side of those who are acutely aware of their desperation or their, they're, sorry, they're acutely aware of their desperate need. You are conscious of your spiritual need. You, you, you are so aware. You're, you're like Bailey, man. You're shutting down because you are so conscious of the need that you have. You can't go on. It's that kind of desperation. It's the cold water desperation. You, you are at a point where you recognize the need that you have, that if I don't, if I don't take care of this need, I'm not going to make it. I, I am so thirsty. I, I'm, I'm, I'm in a spot where I'm so conscious of my need to drink in. And then it says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Now, traditional kind of take on this is that, that righteousness is God's justice and, and he's going to serve as justice someday. You can take it that way. That, that's fair interpretation. When you look at the words, though, it goes a lot more like this, that the word righteousness has to do with the requirements that God has, that God has for how we live our life. It's an eagerness to live in such a way that we fulfill God's requirements on our life. And so in this context now, he goes, happy are those that are acutely aware in, and desperate need for what? For God's ways to be their ways in their life. God says, you want to be happy? You need to have a desperate need for what? His ways. How do I get his ways? His word. You see, when I spend time in this, when I, when I sit in this, when I, when I 
when I begin to drink this in, when I, when I realize that God speaks through his word and I begin to take in his word, what, what happens is, what happens is, is out of that desperate need, out of that desperate need, notice the last part of this. For they will be what? Filled. That's a future reaction to a current action. That's a future reaction to a current action. Here's what it means. In the current, I am aware of my need. I am in desperation. I am, I am thirsting for how God wants me to live, how God wants me to walk. I'm living that out. And as I live that out, it says they will be what? Filled. Now that word filled is saturated. That word filled, if I'm thirsty, this is like you have quenched your thirst above and beyond. It's like taking a sponge and you dip it in the bucket and you know when you pull it out and it's like dripping water. The, the sponge is so maxed out it can't hold anymore. What this is saying is happy are those, blessed are those. God is on the side of those that have a thirst, that have a desperate need for what? For his ways to be my ways. And when I do that, it says they will be filled. Now, the filling doesn't come outside because sometimes we make the mistake here. This isn't about circumstances changing. This is about your soul becoming saturated. This is about your soul becoming so full that you can't even contain it all. He says, I will, I will fill you. So, So let me ask you before we even move on. Are you this morning, as you sit here, acutely aware of your spiritual need. Man, it just got real serious, huh? Are you aware? Because here's what's interesting, right? I heard, a, I heard a preacher say this this week. Actually, it wasn't even a preacher. It was somebody who sat under a preacher that relayed it back. It was a young lady. And she was saying, the thing I heard this week that stood out to me that I can't get past is when the pastor asks, do you spend more time taking care of the outside before you leave the house or the inside? Oh. Right? Because, because if we really boil that down, I wake up and I smell I need a shower. I wake up, I got to shave. Although there's not much, but I got to shave. Right? Or I wake up and I can smell my own bad breath. I better take care of that. Right? Or I wake up and my skin is screaming because I live in the desert. Better take care of that. We see what this is talking about is on the inside of you being a group of people, a tribe of people that we are known, that we are so aware of our need. We are so thirsty that we can't move on unless what? God's ways become our ways. Unless God's ways become the way we live. So what we're really thirsting for is, God, how do I know what your ways are? I'm really thirsting the word of God. We would be a group of people, a tribe of people who say, man, we cannot live without what? The word of God, because the word of God tells me how to take my next step forward. The word of God tells me how to love my wife. The word of God tells me what kind of husband I should be. The word of God tells me what kind of neighbor I should be. The word of God, right? That, that, that's what this is driving towards. Now, I got, I got thirsty as a topic. Knew I was speaking this weekend. And I went, man, what am I going to talk about? Now I'm going, what am I going to cut, right? So, so what I started to look at was, is there a, is there a position in Scripture that, that actually happened that we can just learn from? And so in Numbers chapter 20, Numbers chapter 20, there's a story. In the first month, the whole Israelite community arrived at the desert of Zin. 
and they stayed at Kadesh. Okay, so in the first month, okay, here's, here's context for the story, right? The Israelites were slaves in Egypt. God comes in, rescues them, pulls them out, right? He pulls them out within the first couple of years. Um, he's taking them to the promised land. They don't have faith, they have fear. And because of fear, he says a whole generation will not enter the promised land. They're going to pass away and the next generation will walk in. Okay. So when he tells them that there's a 40 years. So, so from when they're taken out, there's 40 years from when they were slaves. So they're now in the wilderness. This right here, where it says in the first month, this is the first month of the 40th year. They're almost at the finish line. They can see the finish line. They've got 39 years of history on the other side where they have been walking in the desert, right? And and now in the 40th year, so they've got 39 years, by the way, they were slaves. They were set free. God tells them the best way to be human. He gives them his law. He tells them, hey, really, guys, if you're going to be a community, don't kill your neighbor. It's not good. Don't steal. Don't take their wife. Keep your eyes on your stuff. Put God first. Right? Jesus comes along later and goes, love God, love others. But in this context, God gave them all the law. Right, They've got the law. They're walking through 39 years. God has showed them what the best way to be human is. And now we're in the 40th year of the first month. There Miriam died and was buried. Next verse. Sorry, you have to move on. Now there was no water for the community. And the people gathered in opposition to Moses and Aaron. They quarreled with Moses and said, If only we had died when our brothers fell dead before the Lord. Why did you bring the Lord's community into the wilderness? Why did you bring the Lord's community, interesting, into this wilderness that we and our livestock should die? You know, you know it's getting serious when you're worried that you're going to lose your livestock. I mean, you may die, but they're going to live. You know, that's, that's a good day. But no, what's happening is they're going, they're going, no, no, the livestock are even going to die, which, which in that context was if you died and all of your inheritance died, you were wiped from the face of the earth. Like, like there was no record of you. So in this context, they're going, we're just going to be wiped from the earth like we were never even here. Next verse. Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to this terrible place? It has no grain or figs or grapevines or pomegranates, and there is no water to drink. Okay, how long have they been walking with God in the wilderness? 39 years. And they still have breath in their lungs. You can go three days without water. Like God has been pretty faithful the whole way to this group of people, right? Like this isn't just the first year and they're going, ah. Like like they've been on this roller coaster for a long time. They've seen the twists and turns. In fact, they had a situation exactly like this way back in year two, right? You go back to the beginning, Exact same situation. They don't have water. They cry out to God. God provides us through a rock. Like this is not a new situation. They're in their 40th year. And in that context, then it says they actually get very specific because they said it has no grain. And what they're really saying is where we were in the past, Egypt had grain. There's no grain here. So they're saying in the past, we had grain. In the past, that need was met. Here, it's not. Why figs? Like, they just had a craving. You know, just all of a sudden, it was like, man, I really love some figs. Yeah, why do we have figs, God? Right? Or, or 
grapevines, or like we're getting really serious, so pomegranate. Right? Other than, there's a story that is back in the history of the 39 years where God told him, he goes, hey, send spies into the promised land, the land that I'm going to give you. And they send the spies over, and the spies get scared. But before the spies come back, they pick up figs, grapevines, and pomegranates. And they bring them back. And because of fear, they never entered the land. God says, you're going to walk here because they wouldn't go by faith. But what those three represent is the future. That's the promised land. We're not in the promised land, and we're not where we had grain, where our knees were met. We're in this weird middle ground, this, the, this space here that I don't like. It's the desert. There's no water. There's nothing good. This, this, is, this is the context I'm in. I would, I would like to call this, just for today, a cactus moment. Where the circumstances aren't what you want them to be. You see, because I believe... That for the Israelites, had they over the last 39 years been a whole lot like a cactus, this moment would have been incredibly different. And I believe for you that there's some stuff that we can gain and and collect moving forward with this this thirst idea, that, that we could learn some principles that if we'll take them and we will live them out, your future will be a whole lot different. The circumstances you find yourself, you will react a whole lot different. Here's what I mean. Um, you ever notice that when you're driving out of the valley and you, you come winding up the hill and there's, there's the, the cut in the rock, cut in the hill, and you go through, there's one cactus. You ever see that one? Um, somebody told me earlier in the service, they just shouted out, it's mile marker 252, just so you know. Um, right? but, but there's one cactus. And you get past that, there's no other cactus. Or the swara. There's no other swaras on the other side. You know why that is? Cactus, cactus, cannot survive, it said, more than three hours in freezing temperatures. It's too cold. They, they, also, they also can't survive above 4,000 feet. So, so what happens is the cactus are blooming and growing in the environment that they were created for. You, you find cactus in the best place for them to be what God made them to be, which makes me think, had the Israelites walked by faith, which is what they were created to walk by and not fear, this moment would have been a whole lot different when it came to not having what they needed. They would have looked at these circumstances a whole lot different. And what makes me think then is if we translate that to our situation, maybe, maybe we need to know the environment we, we grow the best in. We need to know the environment where our thirst is met the best. That, that what happens for us then is as we become thirsty and we begin to drink, do you know the environment that is best for you? Do you today know that if I put myself in this environment, just like the cactus in freezing, I'm going to shrivel up and die? Do you understand the environment that is toxic to your growth? Do you understand the environment that you were meant to be in to grow? Because Matthew 5 says this, blessed, blessed are what? Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are those that go, man, I want God's ways to be my ways. Blessed are those that go, I'm going, to, I'm going to fulfill my thirst in the things of God. Why? So that my steps will be like God. 
There, there's some other interesting stuff, like, like the root system of the cactus. Fascinating. It only goes four to six inches deep. Why? Where does the rain go in Arizona? Four to six inches deep, right? They're, they're, they, they put out a root system that is designed, it's as, it's as wide as, it is t- as they are tall. It's designed so that they can reach out into the earth. When the rain comes, they can get the most amount of water in because they don't know when it's going to rain again. They're designed to take in as much as they possibly can so their roots only go down as deep as they need to go to get the moisture. Are your roots anchored in the word of God for your life? What's your life source? Where are you taking your acute awareness of this thirst that you have? Where do you go to fulfill that thirst? And is it a place that not only makes the outside appear better, but it's actually filling you to saturation on the inside? Because it's the inside that matters. It's your soul that matters. How's your soul today? And as these roots go out, they're designed that when the storms come and the floods come and the ground becomes uneasy, the roots are so wide and so spread that it can hold up an eight-ton cactus. Just like if the Israelites would have spread their roots deep into the word of God and taken him at his word, they would have stood in this moment far different. Nothing about the cactus? Ten years for an inch, or if they get really motivated, an inch and a half. Ten years. What's crazy is if you see a cactus in 70 years, the same cactus, it'll be six and a half feet. What I love, they don't know why it does that. They can't figure it out, they being the experts. They don't know. But what it does for me is I go, man, man, it encourages me and reminds me that spiritual growth is not fast. It's not a fast track. Your character being formed in the, and forged in the fire of life, it's not going to be mature overnight. Your character is something that has grown. How? By my hunger and thirst, I plug into the word, I take my next step. I plug into the word. I take my next step. I got an encouragement for you today. If you know somebody who just got saved, do them a favor. Don't put them in everything. You know why? Because, because they don't have the foundation to do everything and they'll tire out and burn out. What they need is they need, all they need is in the morning, in an afternoon, at some point in the day, give them the word. And then encourage them to take, what does it say? Do it. What does it say? Do it. What does it say? Do it. They don't, need to, they don't need to plug into every group and be, they don't need it. They need the word today. You know the hard part? If you actually thirst after God, after righteousness, after thirst after God's ways, and God tells you and shows you his ways, then here's the hard part. You have to obey it. That's ah, right here, preaching to myself. Because sometimes the steps that God is asking us to take are not natural to us. That's where humility comes in, right? It's not about me. It's about him. It's not about what I want to be. It's about what he wants me to be. Another thing about the cactus, as the cactus grows, often they, they will get a, a nurse tree or a shrub. 
The reason being that when they, when they begin that early stages of growth, they can link up with the moisture that that tree is drawing. They can link up with that and it can help them survive because their root system isn't as big as it needs to be, which made me think you got a bunch of Israelites, the entire community in the desert, and they can't encourage themselves in who God is because he showed up over and over and over. But they, they are not plugged into each other. They are not plugged in thirsting after God's ways to be their ways, right? And so the, the whole nation is weak. Church, if we get done with 40 years and we are not better than we are today, if we are not grounded stronger in the word, then let's close the doors and go home. Like if we're not going to be believers that stand by faith, that believers that anchor our roots in here, that thirst for the things of God, that, that want the things of God, then we should just shut up shop. Because I don't know about you, I got 40 years. Let's spend them doing something else that actually matters if this doesn't. But here's the thing. It's a promise that your current action will have a future reaction. That God says, when, when you thirst, when, when you thirst for his ways to be my ways, he will fill your soul. It's a promise. And God always comes through on his promises. I think just like the cactus growing in the the shade of a nursing tree, I I think we need people that are ahead of us on the journey. I think we need people that pour into us on the journey. I think we need people that that we can, man, I don't have what you have, but can I just just get close enough that, that I can learn and grow because I'm thirsty? Another amazing thing about the cactus, when it when it intakes. When it intakes, it swells. When you thirst, it says that you will be what? Saturated. Your soul will be full to overflowing. You're, you're inside. You will be so full. Here's, what, here's where it gets really like fascinating to me is that, that a saguaro, once it blooms its first flower, no matter how much rain comes, or doesn't come, it will always bloom flowers from that point on because it's taken care of the inside and it's built the inside so much that it always has a reserve for the flowers. Why? Because the flowers guarantee that it will continue growing. It will drop seeds and pollinate. Like the, the, the flowers have to come if it's going to, to grow beyond itself. But the inside has grown to the point it can hold enough moisture that no matter what, it'll push that push that flower out. It reminds me of a verse in John chapter 7. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will what? Flow where? From where? Within them. So, so, so let's back up for a second. Because this, this event that Jesus is at is extremely significant. Because this event is on the last day of a feast, right? And on the last day of a feast, of this particular feast, it was to remember that God provided water in the desert. The end of the story that we didn't finish in Numbers, water comes from a rock by God's grace and his mercy. And they, they drink, is what it says. And this feast that Jesus is at is to remind them 
that God provided for them in the desert, to remind them that God gave them physical water. Now Jesus is standing up and saying, in the context of that feast where they're remembering that story we just read, Jesus now stands up and he said, whoever is thirsty, what? Let him drink from me. Why? Why? Because whoever believes in me, streams of living water will come out from them. It reminds me of the cactus and the flower, right? That, that, that we're so full that what comes out of us is growth for everyone else. We're called as a community to be thirsty. We are called as a community to stand and our DNA to be known that, man, we are passionate for what? We are chasing what? We are acutely aware of our needs and we are fulfilling them with, God, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? What do you want to do? Where do you want to go? And it says specifically that the start point is Jesus himself. That if you're here and you're going, man, I don't have that, how do I get it? The start point is Jesus. And it's humility that Ron talked about last week. It's the humility to come to him and go, I don't have it all together. I do have sin in my life. I am not where I need to be. I'm making choices that are destructive. I need to be forgiven. And he says, come to me, all you who are thirsty, all of you that are in need, come to me. And then once you've come to him, it says that streams of living water, the verses after this connect the dots that the streams of living water that come out of you are the Holy Spirit that pour into everything else. We are designed to be a community that we, are, we live in an eternal state of being thirsty, not for what? Not for what we can get and what we can make better, but for internally going, how, Lord, do I take care of my soul? It's I wake up and I go, God, I want your ways to be my ways. I'm thirsty for that. I can't move forward without that. And as I do that, streams of living water. By the way, living water is life flow to everyone else. I believe with all my heart that if we as a community allow these things to become our DNA, Arizona will not be able to contain us. Like it's just a tipping point, Northern Arizona. That's like the the toe in the water. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a tipping point because a life lived on mission and a life lived on purpose and a life lived out of thirst and hunger and a life lived in humility, we are going to go. The end of this is life-giving. We will be life-giving wherever you find us because that's what we were designed to do. That's what we were designed to do. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. It's a promise. You will be saturated. So God, we come before you this morning. God, humbly, humbly we sit at your feet, God, going, man, we, th- this need that we have, God, humbly at times we run every which other way to fulfill that need. But God, would you in these moments to rec- help us recognize that God, we need forgiveness for the times we run to everything else. God, we want to be a people, a tribe, that your ways are our ways. God, the filling, the saturation of our souls with rain from you. God, it begins with our own thirst. And so as we stand and we sing these next moments, God, would you, would you burn on our hearts what we need to walk out of these doors with today?
as we declare we need you, as we declare that you're our defense, you're our righteousness, God, as we declare, would you begin to inspire in us a thirst for each and every step ahead and the faith to go with it. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for Jesus who makes all things new. We surrender to you today. And everybody said, amen.